Man, what a great morning. What a great, great morning. I want to reiterate one thing Lisa said. You know, something happened here today in your life, whether you feel it or not. Sometimes in our flesh, we don't feel things, but it doesn't make them less true, right? We have to believe some things and walk by faith and not by sight. So here's the encouragement. I believe there's several of you that feel a difference in your body or your mind right now. Even if you don't right now feel a difference, don't believe nothing happened. Don't believe nothing happened. When you leave here today, even if your body is telling you something else, declare the word that says, by his stripes you were healed. Sometimes it takes some time. There was a story when Jesus spoke to a fig tree and told it it will never bear fruit again. Do you know it was the next day the disciples walked past that fig tree and said, it's withered. So think about that. The Son of God. God in the flesh spoke to a tree, yet it didn't appear dead right away. Well, we know if the Lord spoke a word, it happened immediately. That tree was dead the second he said it, but it died at the roots, and it took 24 hours for above the surface to look dead. It didn't mean it wasn't dead. It just meant they couldn't see it with their flesh. Sometimes that's what it's like when we receive from the Lord. We might not feel anything at first. We might not experience something above the surface, but something happened below the surface, and you'll see fruit from it. I believe it with all my heart. So, thank you, Lord. Last week, I started part three, I guess, of this Light the Path series, but honestly, it's kind of just the second message, and we're already in week four. We've just been going after the Lord so much in worship. Uh, I, I haven't been able to preach a whole message, really, since we started this series a few weeks ago, and I love that, right? We don't have to hear three points and a little extra point to, to leave with revelation. Honestly, if we hear one good thing from the Word and we apply that to our lives, it can change our entire lives. So whether we uh, have people preaching up here for 10 minutes or 30 minutes, just know that if you listen to one thing and apply it to your life, it can change your entire situation. It can train it can change everything about your life. So remember that. Last week I got through four lessons from Philippians 4, and I'm going to power and speed through these last four today, and I really think I can do it in like 20 minutes or less. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to give myself a time limit, and I'm going to go for it. So I'm going to review these first four lessons. So our, our one scripture that I want us to get home with this particular message is Isaiah 26.3, even though we're about to go to Philippians 4. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. How many could use some perfect peace? This means peace no matter what the world's doing, peace no matter what the job situation is, peace no matter what your kids have going on. They might be toddlers screaming in the other room. You can have peace. They might be a 15-year-old in a musical, and she's at drama not practice. I can't call it drama practice. She's at rehearsal every day. We have baseball practice. We have drama rehearsal. She might have drama rehearsal every day till 730. Your son might have baseball till 530. You might be driving different places literally all day, every day, but you can still experience perfect peace no matter what. How? Right here. Keep your mind stayed on God. As you keep your mind on him, you will begin to trust him like never before, and perfect peace will begin to flood into every area of your life, every moment of your life, no matter what is going on around you. Paul, the apostle, believed this, and in Philippians chapter 4, he wrote 
all kinds of ways in one chapter how to keep our minds stayed on God. He wrote it from the depths of a prison, and we went over the first four lessons last week. I'm going to jump in on lesson five, but I'll read the first four. Lesson one, he said, keep your mind on God and stay in peace by cutting out strife and resolving differences. Lesson two was keep your mind on God and stay in peace by choosing joy. And I mean that. You have to choose it. It doesn't come to you. You have to choose joy. It's not something you experience when things are going right. Joy is something you choose. Lesson three was keep your mind on God. Stay in peace by being considerate. Consider others in all you do. It will keep you in uh, peace as you don't Put your focus on yourself. And then lesson four, keep your mind on God. Stay in peace by reminding yourself if you're still breathing, he's not finished. I do want to share with you the example I gave last week. I'll give you a brief version of it. But this involves my friend Burkett, who drove from Colorado Springs to Gastonia, North Carolina at 85 years old. He graduated Karis Bible College and felt called to Lincolnton, North Carolina. So he just got in his car that wasn't going to make it from the very beginning, broke down in Texas, had a trek through the desert to find a body shop, got in that guy's car, went back, fixed the car, drove the rest of the way to Gastonia, met the girl of his dreams at 85 years old, married her the next day, and then planted a church in Lincolnton. And three years later, he's thriving pastoring a church at 88 years old, and life has never been better. Because if you're still breathing, it's not over. The Bible says the latter will be greater than the past. You don't have to wonder if the rest of your life is going to be better than the first part of your life when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You go from glory to glory. And maybe your decisions have gotten you off track a little bit in the past. Throw it away. Throw that away. Get up, move on, and make a decision that today you're going to start saying yes to the Lord even when it looks scary, even when there's risk involved. And the greatest risk you can take is just not taking a risk every once in a while, right? So move on with the Lord. Expect your ladder to be greater than the past. If you're still breathing, it's not over. Remember that and begin to experience peace instead of anxiety when you think about your future. Jumping into lesson five here. You ready for this one? I'm actually going to jump back into our text from Philippians 4. I'm actually not sure which verse this is at. I believe it's actually seven. I do actually know. Philippians 4 verse 7 is where we're starting. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is one of my favorite texts in the entire Bible. In my flesh, and hear what I'm saying. This is not the real me. This is me in my flesh. I am a worrier. I can turn anything into a mountain of worry if you give me a second in my flesh. I try my best not to give my flesh a second. My brain will go there. Do you know that we are supposed to use our imaginations and our minds to meditate on good things, right? And, and, and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, if you're a worrier, you're already doing it. You're just doing the opposite. You're meditating on negative things. Worry, a very simple, it's like a kindergarten definition of what worry is, but sometimes I need those kindergarten definitions. I look at people and I, I do the Michael Scott thing. I'm like, can you explain this to me like I'm five, right? This is an explanation of worry as if we need the most simple breakdown, right? 
Here's a definition of worry, using your imagination to picture the negative. You have to use your imagination to worry. You have to sit there and see your situation and then begin to imagine this is what's going to happen as it goes wrong. That's the exact opposite of what we're to do as believers. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.8, use your imagination to dwell on the hope of your calling, right? Hope. How many of us are going to hope something goes wrong? Nobody. When we use hope, we begin to picture the positive outcome. We begin to picture the creative solution. And even if that moment, if we don't know what that solution is, it's not just you involved. You have the Holy Spirit. And as you hope, you begin to open yourself up to his solutions. And then all of a sudden you're getting raises at work because you're making uh, headway and, and, and you're making solutions for problems and, and, and you're making progress in your life because where things have held you back in your past, you're figuring out how to overcome, but it's not just you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. You have to use your imagination and, and, and the powerful things. So that's what this verse talks about. And in fact, this text gives us a three-step process to get past that worry and to begin to use our imagination. It's like a prescription. Step one, don't worry about anything. Step two, Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. And then his peace will flood your heart. This is something I actually put into practice in my life. Step one, tell God what you need. Step two, thank him for what he's done. Right? So as we do these things, we will begin to experience peace. Uh, I, I used this verse in my own personal life in the past two weeks. My daughter was a lead uh, in this musical, Little Women. She was awesome. She was so good. I couldn't stop uh, taking videos, even though they say no flash photography. But I didn't have my flash on, so I imagine it's okay, I guess. It at least didn't uh, violate my own conscience. My flash wasn't on. So I got some videos. They might be online right now. But uh, she was so good. She worked so hard. And the Monday, or, or actually the Sunday before, do you guys remember a couple weeks ago, my voice was hoarse. So the Sunday before her first performance, I woke up and my, my voice was just gone. I didn't think much of it, but, uh, you know, sickness is not something I bow my knee to. I declare healing and we walk in health in our house. It is very, very rare for me to feel anything like that in my body. In fact, I did the, I was thinking about it. It's been over four years since I've even dealt with a, a virus or a cold even for a day. So I woke up with my throat scratchy began to declare healing. If you guys were here that Sunday, you heard it was kind of going. And then Sunday afternoon, I just had this thought. Okay, so what if Ava catches this? What if Ava catches this and she doesn't have a voice for her per first performance in this musical? And I began to think about it. And all of a sudden, I had this picture of all of us sitting around crying on Friday night because the understudy had to go. And Ava was like, I've worked so hard for this. And before I knew it, I'd gone down this rabbit trail where she was like living in a street somewhere when she was 30 because she couldn't perform in this first thing of Little Women. I was like, this, is, this could ruin your life. This is horrible. I mean, you're all laughing, but we've all done it. How many times this week have you looked up WebMD and you're like, uh-oh, it's about to happen. This is the big one, right? This is the, the, the thing. This is it. We all go there. I was sitting in my office, and that's what my brain went to. And all of a sudden, I thought, no, 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 no. That is not what's about to happen. I'm not going down that path. And I went to Philippians 4, and I said, step one, instead of worrying about it, pray about it. So I said, all right, Lord. Uh, you know my thoughts. 
this is not news to you, but I have some concerns, and I just started allowing worry to take place in my mind. Step two, tell God what you need. I need peace. I need to operate in your peace. Not only that, I need this thing to go. I need to walk in healing, and I don't want this to spread to anybody else in my family. I want to see Ava on that stage Friday night shining like the star that she is. I want to see friends and family there surrounding her, taking pictures, saying that I want to rejoice with everybody on Friday night after a great performance. That's what I need. And step three, thank him for what he's done. Thank you that your word says I'm healed. Thank you that your word says that as the authority in my house, I can lock the door and the enemy can't come in. And I'm locking the door on this thing right now. I'm telling it to go and I'm declaring healing and I'm going to see it and it won't spread to anybody else. The worry went away. The worry went away. And let me tell you, Friday night was one of the best nights of our life. Ava was awesome on stage. We all rejoiced together. How about that? The thing I was worried about never happened even a little bit. The thing that I began to have faith for and use my imagination to see is exactly what I saw, that it even exceeded my expectation. It even exceeded the things I was seeing in my heart. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. So that's lesson five we get from Philippians chapter four. Keep your mind on God and stay in peace. Here's the three-step process, but here's the basics of it. It's about staying in communion. It's about keeping the conversation with God going. When worry hits your mind, go straight to conversation. Lord, I got to tell you about it. I'm a little concerned. He knows, but there's something about stepping into that conversation with him. We call it prayer. It's conversation, communion. It's available. He's always available. Go to him instead of that dark place where your kid is 30 and living under a bridge because she couldn't perform in night one of Little Women at Gaston Christian. It was a nice bridge, though, Abe. It was a good bridge. You picked a good one. It kept you safe from the rain, and there was other people there with tents and things. It was great. No. Back to our text. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. I'm not going to define those things for you because you know the difference between things that aren't those things and things that are those things. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Lesson six. Point, I'm sorry, lesson six, keep your mind on God. Stay in peace by fixing your thoughts on these good things. To fix means to fasten or position. It is something you have to do. Stop praying and say, God, keep my mind clear. Stop praying and say, God, keep these thoughts out of my head. You have control of what you think. Well, how do I have control of what I think? What you put in is what you think. Lisa and I used to watch one of those zombie shows that are out and so popular every couple nights, and, and we would get so uneasy watching those zombies that we would then go to Hulu or whatever and watch an episode of Dick Van Dyke before we went to sleep. And one day, my lightning-fast brain clicked on, and I'm like, if I have to literally clean my mind of what I just watched, why am I watching this? If I have to go watch Dick Van Dyke act funny and, 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 have, and, and do all these things. Why do I even watch this stuff? And you know what? We don't even know what happened. We didn't watch the season finale. We haven't watched it since. Why am I letting it in if it's causing me to lose sight of peace? Even if I have a little trick to get back into peace by chasing it with Dick Van Dyke, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. You have to fix and fasten 
Position your thoughts on these good things and you will stay in peace. And it's not just about TV and things we let in like content. This is about conversations we have, things we dwell on. How many of us leave conversations thinking about how wrong a person is, what they could do better in life, how much they've wronged us? Are you dwelling on these things? Because that's not fixing your thoughts on what is good, pure, holy, admirable. 1 Corinthians 13 says that perfect love believes the best in others. Man, sometimes we assume the worst in others. We might see some bad stuff, and then we keep assuming the worst, and we keep assuming, and it's not fixing our thoughts on these things, and it doesn't keep us in peace. But as we keep our mind on these things, as we keep our mind, as we don't let the garbage in, and we fix our thoughts on these things that are pure, holy, admirable, man, it keeps our mind stayed on God and keeps us in peace. I told you I was going to fly through these. And we are. We're going to get through it. Lesson seven, we're going to go back to our text. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me do, and then the God of peace will be with you. Lesson seven, keep your mind on God and stay in peace by continually practicing what we learn in the word. The word is not like a one and done. It's not like you leave here today and you're like, oh, I got it. Now I never have to think about that again and I'll just be in perfect peace. No, this is something you have to continually put into practice. Worry tried to come against me two weeks ago in my office and I stood up against it. I can tell you this with 100% confidence. I will have another chance to get into worry maybe even before this day is over. I'm gonna have to put this into practice again. Right, We can rest in the completed work of Jesus, meaning he has done all the work. He has saved us. Our place with God is set even more firm than in stone. We can rest in our salvation, right? But I don't want to live miserable down here and then only experience the other benefits of salvation in heaven. I want to experience the benefits of salvation right now. Eternity starts when you say yes to Jesus. I don't want to live in worry down here and then live in peace when I'm in heaven one day. No, I want to live in peace right now. I want to experience the joy of the Lord right now. I want to live in victory right now. So you know what? I'm going to keep putting into practice the things I read in the word. I'm not just going to get saved and, and then just brace myself for the rest of this world looking forward to eternity. No, no. David said, I'll see your goodness in the land of the living. Yeah. Right? We can see his goodness right now in the land of the living. Lesson seven, keep your mind on God and stay in peace by continually practicing what you learn in the word. <laughs> I have a little example here written down about the propane line. I stood in one time uh, when they said a nuclear hurricane was about to hit Charlotte. And my father-in-law said, what are you doing in that propane line? I said, people are saying we'll need propane. You know, if the power goes out, he says, what do you have that uses propane? I said, well, I guess nothing. He goes, why are you in the propane line? I said, well, they said we need a propane. I figured I needed, you don't need propane. Get out of the line. <laughs> That's some heavy worry right there. You know, the hurricane didn't even hit us. It was sunny the next day. Um, but I held my place in that propane line just in case. That's what worry will do. You have to keep putting into practice what you learned that day. I should have remembered Philippians 4, 7. Don't worry. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. See his peace. Flood your heart. The last point here, the last lesson we get from this 
uh, Philippians 4, chapter 4. Uh, it's kind of a chunky little part of the text. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me. This is Paul writing to the church of the Philippians. But you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. This is a guy in prison. He's like, I've never really been in need. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's one of the scriptures you probably learned in Sunday school. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Lesson eight, keep your mind on God and stay in peace by reminding yourself daily, maybe even moment by moment, that Jesus is your source not the world system, not your own doing, not your own strength, not your job, not the economy of the U.S., not the stock market, not anything else. Anything that's failing you, remind yourself that's not your source. Well, your source of what? Right here we know it's not our source of strength. Our source of strength comes from the Lord. And when things feel like they're getting softer and weaker and we think, how can I go on? It's not in our own strength. It's in his strength. His joy is our strength. That's from the book of Nehemiah. Remember and remind yourself your source of strength is not from this world. And then there's a second part to this lesson. Point A, keep your mind on God. Stay in peace. Remind yourself that he is your source of strength. And here we go to part B. Even so, back to our text, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, the Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At that moment, I have all I need. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Ephroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. The same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So remember, he's your source of strength. He's also your source of provision. This guy is writing from prison. He's got nothing. He might have stuff to his name outside of prison, but let me tell you, in prison, you got nothing. You got whatever they give you. And here's what he's saying. I've got everything I need. God has supplied everything I could possibly need. And it doesn't matter. He's not talking about a lot of possessions or a little bit of possessions. He's saying no matter what, he is my provider. It doesn't matter if I'm in this jail. doesn't matter if I'm on a ship. One of the times he's on a ship, he got shipwrecked and he's in the middle of the water. He ended up on an island. Paul knew about having all he needed when he maybe had nothing in the natural. Remind yourself, stay in peace by reminding yourself that he is your source of strength and your source of provision. So there was eight lessons from Philippians 4. And I just want to point out that seven of the eight take place 100% in your mind. None of these lessons are like, go earn your peace from God. Every one of them is about remember who you are. Cut out the strife that you have up here. That was lesson one. Cut out the strife. Resolve differences. There was a word today about forgiving people, about letting go of bitterness. Number two, choose joy. That's on the inside. Joy is not based on outside circumstances. It's not, I'll be joyful when these things go right. No, choose joy now as a believer. Number three was be thoughtful. Consider it again up here. Number four, remind yourself that if you're breathing, he's not finished. Number five, 
Remain in communion. That's up here. That's that conversation. That's the don't worry. Instead, pray about it. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Number six was fix your thoughts. Number seven was the only one that's not 100% up here. Number seven was put into practice what you learn in the word. Even though it's not 100% up here, it does start up here because you have to on purpose remember what you've been taught and use your mind to put it into practice. And then number eight was remind yourself that this world's not your source of strength or of provision. It all goes back to him. These are all things that take place up here. Some great leaders out there in the church, and one of those great leaders calls this the battlefield of your mind. The battle in the spirit is done. Jesus won that victory. The devil has no more authority. The battle that is left is right here as we have to come against all those thoughts that exalt themselves against the word and put into practice what we're seeing right here. Amen? So eight lessons from the book of Philippians. And when you put them into practice, you're going to see Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, come alive in your life and light your path moment by moment. Remember that text, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Man, if you want to learn to put your trust on the Lord more than anything else, keep your mind on him. And when something comes against you, tries to come against that, and just go back. Keep putting it into practice. Amen. I'm going to invite the band up, and I'm going to give you a reminder here that uh, sometimes I have a lot of information. I try to deliver it quickly. If you'd like my notes or a copy of my notes, I'll send them to you. I got scripture references. I got the whole text written out. But I think most of you in here have my info or have church info. I'll be more than happy to send you these notes. You can Follow along and make your own notes around them. Uh, have all the references. But listen, the world is experiencing less and less peace. And you all know it. That's not a secret. But thank God we are in this world, not of this world. We have a book filled with promises. And it's not just any book. It is the living word of God. And if you believe it, and this becomes your anchor. And we can learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Then peace is not going to be something that you only experience when things are going right. Because things aren't always going to be going right. Things come against you. Sometimes things go wrong. I have good friends that have been told that they've, their job will be, that they're losing their job here in the next few months. Actually, several people. But I want to encourage you. That doesn't mean it's the end of the road. That just means that there's another door opening, even better. You believe it. God's got even better for you. He doesn't take you somewhere, give you something, and then say, I'm going to take it away. There's a, a great verse in Proverbs that says, the gift of the Lord comes with no sorrow added to it. I want to encourage you to not get into worry, whatever your situation looks like. Whether you can see in the very near future, things will be changing in the natural. It doesn't look like a good change. I'm just going to speak it out. You got the Holy Spirit. It's a good change. It's going to be something you look back on one day and you say, I'm so glad this happened. How do I know that with confidence? Because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You got a Savior named Jesus, and he takes you from glory to glory as you allow him to do that. 
So this is your sign to allow him to do it. Step one, don't worry about that thing that's coming up down the road. Don't worry about that thing that's happening right now. Keep your mind stayed on him. Experience perfect peace. You ever thought about this? Most of life is not the destination points, right? I, I, I love thinking logically, mathematically, we'll call it whatever you want. I can see that I'm at point A and I can see what point B is. I can see what point C is. I got goals to get to point D. But you know, most of life is not when I actually get there. Point A is only a few moments. Point B is only a few moments. Point C is only a few moments. It's that line in between that's actually a majority of the journey. So why do I want to live in peace and in joy when I'm at point A and then in worry and anxiety and fear when I'm on that journey? No, we can keep the peace. We can keep the joy along those lines that are in between those resting places, in between those, those goal posts. And then when we get there, we'll celebrate those like there's no tomorrow. And then we'll get ready to keep moving. Don't allow worry in. Don't allow worry in. We all... You laughed, we, we laughed at that example, right? The extreme worry that I allowed myself to get into, but I can promise you every one of us can relate to it. Maybe some of you aren't quite as extreme as I am, but that's just my flesh. That's not the real me. And that's just your flesh. That's not the real you. The book of James says, this is our mirror. This is how we see the real us. So my flesh gets worried, but this says, I don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Maybe my flesh gets into worry, but this says I can experience perfect peace at all times as my mind stays on him. Paul gave us lesson after lesson on how to do it. I hope you're in the word every day. I know there's a whole lot of us doing the read through the Bible in the year. I want to challenge you to even as you're doing that, read Philippians chapter four again this week. Allow yourself to be taught by the Holy Spirit. Maybe you'll see these same lessons that I brought out and taught us. Maybe you'll see something completely different. You might text me and say, man, there's this great lesson. You missed it. This was a whole other part of that chapter that Paul taught this. Don't just open it and read it. Remember, this is Paul writing from the depths of a prison. That's important for the context. And real joy and real peace came out in his words from the belly of a prison. Well, there's not one of us that are in this room right now that are in a prison. We got it pretty good. We got it made right now. Most of, your, most of us are going to go have a nice lunch and probably relax a little bit this afternoon. Some of us are going to go see Jesus Revolution if any of you want to join us. Regal, 255. That's pretty good. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together. We're going to respond to the word with some worship. And after a few moments, I'm going to come back up, invite our prayer ministers, and I'll close the service out. Thank you, Jesus.